I want to preach from the subject which simply talks about God's kindness for Jesus' sake. Tell your neighbor, say, he's going to talk about God's kindness for Jesus' sake. Amen? What I want to get across to you today is that I believe that the Bible gives at least three distinctions for the grace of God. I believe that at least three distinctions of God, uh, talking about God's grace, are revealed in the Scriptures himself. The first one being God's common grace. You say, Pastor, here, what's God's common grace? Well, God's common grace is that which every man, woman, boy, and girl wake up with every day. God's grace allowed you to wake up. God's grace allows you to breathe the air that you're breathing. Come on, Jesus said it this way. He said, God causes the, the rain to rain on the just and the unjust. Amen? God has a common grace that is given to every man, uh, woman, and boy. And it's called grace. My, my interpretation of grace is getting what you need instead of what you deserve. What we all deserve, come on, what we all deserve is, is the, the wrath of God. We all deserve God to turn his back on us. Even in Adam, when Adam sinned, God had already told him what the penalty was for it. But instead of God giving him the penalty, God exercised his grace and gave him what he needed. What he needed was understanding. What he needed was forgiving. What he needed was an opportunity to make it right. And so what we need to understand is every day you and I wake up, God give us his common grace. No matter what you did on yesterday, no matter how bad you were yesterday, no matter who you did it to yesterday, no matter if you stood and cussed God in his face, when you woke up this morning, you received the common grace of God even though you didn't deserve it. Amen? The second distinction I find is God's merciful grace. God's merciful grace. His merciful grace is that which is offered and extended, uh, in particular to the wayward saint or the wayward child of God when we've sinned no matter what we've done. Come on, if you've like me, you've sought God for his, his uh, uh, merciful grace. Come on, now, now I, I, I've been saved for quite a few years now, but you know what? Uh, I, I, I'm not completely through with sinning. Oh, somebody say, okay, that's the preacher talking about he's sinning. Well, I need you to understand. Come on, since, since I've been here, I've thought some thoughts that I ought not to have thought. Come on now, somebody hear what I'm saying. Come on, God's, God's merciful grace is that which, which drew you back in here even though you were in a wayward way. Even though you were backslidden, even though, though, though you, were, you were at a point to where you were no longer doing what God would allow you or God wanted you to do, you were doing your own thing, but like the prodigal son, you, you found out that where you were or where you are is not where God would have you to be. It's not what you thought it would be. You went on the other side of the fence, but you found out that not only was the grass not greener, but you found out that the grass was even worse than it was where you were. And now nobody has to tell you that you need to go home. Like the prodigal son, you've come to yourself and you've found out that it was better at home than it is where I'm at. And now you're at the point to where because of God's merciful grace, because you know your father, because you, you know that he's full of love, if nothing else, you made up your mind, I think I'll go home. That's because you, you know the merciful grace of God. Amen. Finally, I want to talk about God's saving grace, his saving or his covenant grace. Amen? This is offered freely to whosoever will, and it's based solely on the finished works of Jesus Christ, contingent upon repentance and belief in him. There's nothing you can do for it. There's no way you can earn it whatsoever. 
It's God's saving grace or his covenant grace. It's his agreed upon grace. Amen? And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. In our passage of scripture, what we find is in, in the particular passage that I was looking for, we find King David running from Saul. He's found out without a shadow of a doubt that Saul wants to kill him. And David is out in the woods, and Saul has a son named Jonathan. And he and David were like this. They were great friends. Even though Saul or Jonathan was the king's son, Jonathan knew without a shadow of a doubt that God had raised David up to take his father's place. And instead of getting upset, the Bible said that Jonathan went to David where he was. And David said, I need you to understand something, something you may not know, but your father's trying to kill me. David said, as a matter of fact, there's only a step between me and death. That's why I'm hiding out here. And Jonathan couldn't believe it. Jonathan couldn't understand it. And so they made an agreement. And they said, listen, uh, uh, Jonathan said, I'm going to go back. And I'm going to go back and I'm going to sit down to the dinner table with my father. And what I'm going to do is I'm going I'm to talk to my father. And, and David said, yes, and if your father gets angry, because your father's going to know that I'm not there. And once he gets angry, he said, I want you to talk to your father. Amen. The bottom line is that's exactly what happened. David stayed out there in the field, and Jonathan went back to the dinner table, and he sat down with his father, and his father, sure enough, said, well, where's David? He said, well, David said he wanted to go back home. They had something going on at home, and then Solomon, uh, or, or, uh, Saul just blew up. He blew up at Jonathan, and Jonathan knew without a shadow of a doubt that his father wanted to kill David. And so the next day, Jonathan went back out to the field where David was hiding, and he went out and he talked to David, and he said, listen, it's true, just like he said. I didn't believe it was so, but I, I, I know that it's true. And he said, I also know that my father knows that God has anointed you. My father knows that you're going to be the next king. That's the reason that he's upset with you. That's the reason that he's angry with you. Because, you see, he was in the shoes that God is now putting on you. Come on, you want somebody to get upset with you? Uh, uh, let them find out that you are next in line for their position, and they're not ready to give it up. And so the Bible says that Jonathan said, listen, and you know what? He said, I'm on your side. He said, I know that's my father, but I'm on your side. You see, it's, it's a good thing. No matter, relationships shouldn't keep us from doing what's right or being on the side of God. And a lot of people, because that's my wife, that's my child, I'm going to do what it is that my child would have me to do. Why? Because that, I love them instead of doing what God would have us to do. You're always wrong, no matter who it is when you're on the side that's not God's side. And so the Bible said that Jonathan looked at David. He said, and I know that once my father's gone and once I'm gone, I know you're going to be king. He said, but I got one request of you, David. He said, my request is that when, once I'm gone and my children are still here, he said, I want you to show God's kindness to my children. You see, the tradition was when a new king took the throne, the new king, because he was so afraid of the, uh, 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 the, the, the family before, the king before, of them coming and, and trying to usurp the authority, what they would do, they would take the throne and they would kill all the family of the other kingdom. And Solomon said this, uh, or Jonathan said to David, this is what I want you to do. He said, just, just promise me. Promise me when I'm gone. Promise me if I've got any children left. Promise me that you'll show God's kindness to them. The Bible said that David and Jonathan made a covenant. David and Jonathan made a promise. David said, I promise you that as long as I'm alive, nothing will happen to any of your children as long as I'm king. And so the Bible in 2 Samuel chapter 9, it opens up and it shows us the, the uh, second official act that David did when he became king. The first official act he did is David brought the ark back into the, uh, the kingdom. The ark had been gone for so long. The ark represents the spirit of God, represents the presence of God. And David's first move was to go get the ark and bring the ark back. 
But his second official act is listed here in chapter 9. And listen to what it says. It says in chapter 9, it says, And David said, Is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? David grabbed everybody in his cabinet and he brought them all around the table. And he said, I want to know, is there any yet of Saul in Jonathan's house that's still yet living? I want to know, is there any of them out there hiding? Not that I could find them and kill them. Not that I'm afraid of them. He said, but I made a promise and I, I made a covenant. And my promise I must keep to Jonathan, even though Jonathan is not here. And I want to know, is there yet any of Jonathan's children that's around? Because I got to keep my promise. And the Bible says, they said, yes, there's one. He's got one, but he's hiding out way down there in Lodabar. He's hiding out down there in the city. Lodabar was kind of, it, it was kind of like Lodabar, bottom line, it was, it was the, uh, uh, the ghetto. Lodabar was the place. It was like Nazareth. It was a place where nobody thought anything good would come out, but it was a good hiding place. And the Bible says, yes, he's got one son. His name is Mephibosheth, but he's way down there. And David said, listen, go get him. I want you to go get him, and I want you to bring him here. We're not going to do anything else until he gets here because I've got to keep my promise to Jonathan. And the Bible says that they go get uh, David's son, and his name is Mephibosheth. And it says when he comes, he's got a limp, and he limps in, and he comes into where the king is. And it says that he's got a limp because when he first heard that David had took the throne, it said that his, he had, a, he had a, 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 a maid that was taking care of him. It says she picked him up as a little baby, and she took off running, and she fell. And when she fell, it messed up his leg. And he said that here comes uh, Mephibosheth limping in there, and he's figuring the king is sent for me because the king is going to do what kings do. The king is sent for me because he wants to personally kill me. And it says, and when Mephibosheth lifted, limped in there, he said he came in front of David. And David said, Mephibosheth, I made your father a promise years ago, even before you was born, that I would not hurt any of his children, any of his descendants. He said, I want you to understand, no matter how I may feel, no matter what's going on, no matter what you've done, I'm going to keep my promise to your father. And I'm going to extend the kindness of God. I'm going to extend the kindness of the king on you. Mephibosheth, I want you to understand it's not about you. It's not about your character. It's not about what you've done. It's not about where you've been. But all of this that I'm going to do to you is because of the relationship that I have with your father. He said, from this moment on, even though you're crippled, you're going to sit at my table. When I eat dinner, you're going to eat dinner. I'm going to bring you into my house. When it rains outside, the same roof that covers me from the rain is going to cover you from the rain. Come on, when, when, when I go down and dress myself, I'm going to dress you. In other words, you're going to be up under the umbrella of the king for the rest of your natural life. And it's not because of you, but it's because of the relationship that I had with your father. I'm talking about God's covenant grace. <clears throat> what you need to understand is God's covenant grace, we find God's covenant grace in particular listed in the simple verse which says God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Listen to this. That whosoever believe in him, because of him, whosoever believe in him would not perish but would have everlasting life. God made a covenant. God's covenant is based in his son. Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No man can come to the Father but by me. 
David is standing in front of Mephibosheth and he's looking at Mephibosheth and he said, Mephibosheth, I've chosen to love you for eternity. Mephibosheth, I've chosen to forget about everything that you've done. But what I want you to understand is not because of you. It's because of the covenant that I had with your father. And today what I want you to understand is God has made a similar covenant. But his covenant is based in his son, Jesus the Christ. And no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter how bad it was, no matter how many times you've done it, no matter if you've done it just as much as 10 minutes ago, no matter what you've done, the covenant says that whosoever comes to Jesus, whosoever enters into the covenant that's made between God and the Father, if you will enter into that covenant, the same kindness, the same grace that David extended to Mephibosheth makes no different what your limp is. Come on, all of us limp into God. All of us come limping some way. All of us have got some kind of issue. All of us has got some kind of problem. But when God looks at you and God looks at me, God does not see your issue. What God sees is the covenant between him and his Father. I meet so many people who tell me I can't be good enough. So many people who tell me God won't want me. So many people say, well, that's, that's for everybody. And my, 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 my answer always is, listen, it's not about you. It's not because of you. God ain't even looking at you. God is looking at what you do with his son. God wants to know whether or not you're willing to enter into the covenant. And you see, Mephibosheth, he had to be willing to get up and come. And when he got there to see what the king was saying, the king said, Mephibosheth, I've got nothing but grace for you. I've got nothing but kindness for you. But I want you to understand without a shadow of a doubt, it's not because of you. And so don't waste your time trying to go out and find out how good you can get before you come to God. You see, because it's not about you. God's kindness is for Jesus' sake. God's covenant grace is because of what Jesus done, not what you can do. Somebody ought to hear what I'm saying this morning. Makes no difference what, what your lifestyle is. Makes no difference what, what, what your issues are. Makes no difference how long you've been in it. God says, when I see you, I see my son. You want to get to me? Come through my son. You come through my son. The Bible says nobody that comes to him will he ever cast out. You come through Jesus. Jesus said, I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. No man comes to the Father, but by me. The scripture says there's one God, one mediator between God and man. Jesus is in the middle. God is here. Man is here. Isaiah said it this way. Come, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Come on. Come on. God is at, I, I, I just picture this. God is at one end of the table. Come on. I'm at the other end of the table. I can't get to God. He's too holy to come to me. Jesus sits in the middle of the table Say, I can fix this. But man, you got to come through me. You see, because I've already got relationship with my father, that's what you need. And this is the thing I want you to understand this morning. As you are, you're the man sitting at the other end of the table. God is sitting at this end of the table. He's too holy to come to you. You're too sinful to come to him. Jesus said, I'll make a way so that both of y'all can get together. Amen? That's the thing that I want you to, get, I want you to understand today. There's nothing you can do to be good enough. Nothing you can do to be righteous enough. Everything that comes to you has to come through Jesus. I'm through. I'm finished this morning. But I, I want to know, is, is, has everybody in here received the kindness of God 
because of Jesus. It's not because of you. I've met some real good people in my life. I met some people who will give you the shirt off their back. Come on, I met some people who will go out of their way. They will sacrifice themselves for somebody else. But no matter how good they are, except they come through Jesus, except they come through Jesus, they can't receive the kindness and the grace of God. You're just like Lodabar. You're still, or you're like uh, uh, Mephibosheth in Lodabar. You're still in that place. You're still in that messed up place. And I want you to understand God comes searching for you this morning. He's come all the way to your Lodabar, wherever that is. And he sent the angels of heaven after you this morning. He sent the Spirit of God to draw you, letting you know. That no, you're not good enough. But it's not based on your goodness. It's based on the covenant. And I want to know if there's anybody here today, you want to walk into and through the covenant of God in order to get to where God is. Stand to your feet with me this morning. Everything that we have in this world that's God-related, it all comes through Jesus. Come on, it's not through your works. It's not through the preacher. It's not through the church, but it all comes through Jesus. If we're going to get to heaven, we must come through Jesus. God's kindness has already been extended to you this morning. But remember what I said, Mephibosheth had to be willing to come. Is there anybody here this morning? Well, I'm going to ask Brother Ed trying to give us a little something. And if you were here and you've never accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, you've never come to him in the free pardon of your sin, I'm going to ask that you would just come right here. I'm going to ask that you put yourself in the place of Mephibosheth. No matter what your limping is, come on, your limp could be your habit. Come on, your limp could be your anger. It could be whatever it is that's going on in your life. I'm going to encourage you to limp your way up here and allow God to experience his kindness upon you for Jesus' sake.